0: Hey there, welcome along to episode 37 of the Beauty Business Podcast. I can't believe it's the penultimate episode of season three already. And this season has absolutely flown by. I don't know about you, but I think it's because of the incredible guests that we've had on the show this season. And if you haven't listened to all the episodes, then really do go back and check them out, because we've had some amazing guests on this season. And I have another amazing guest joining me on the show today. But before we get into that, where are my manners? Let's do the introductions. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you're new around here, then I'm your host on the Beauty Business Podcast. And this is the podcast designed to help the independent businesses in the health, wellness and beauty industry to not only reach their business goals, but to exceed them. And I'm aiming to do this through simple, actionable business advice, along with timely information and some tips along the way. Now I'm passionate about the foundations of building an incredible, rewarding, profitable and above all stress-free beauty business because who wants a business that stresses you out and keeps you up all night worrying, right? So as a beauty business owner, you want to stand out from the crowd. You want people to choose your salon, your spa or your clinic over your competition for the right reasons and you want to keep your clients coming back to you too. Now, as you know, this is something that I'm always going on about, so I'm excited to look at it at in a different way from sort of a, a different point of view and with a different focus. Now, I'm willing to bet that as business owners or planning to be business owners, you are part of various Facebook groups and maybe online forums all about marketing. And at some point, I'm pretty sure you've seen posts or topics talking about your brand and how important this is these days. But just what exactly is your brand? Is it just your business name and logo? You know, what if you've been in business for some time and you're confused about A, why you suddenly need to have a brand and B, how to formulate one and C, what to do with it once you've got one? Well, that is exactly the question or questions that I'm aiming to answer today and more along with the help of today's special guest on the show. Now, you may already have heard or come across some of the work done by Stephanie Mitchell or her company, Sunny Storm Marketing, because she has recently been popping up on beauty industry Facebook groups with just some of the most easy to read and incredibly useful and valuable articles specifically aimed at salons on the topic of marketing. Now, I'll openly admit to reading everything she writes for my own inspiration, and I have to say I've used more than a few of her ideas in my own marketing efforts for my own business. Now, as well as talking about marketing for salons in general, Stephanie is an expert in this thing called branding and she's truly passionate about it too. So I'm very, very glad indeed to have her on the show today to help clarify this thing called brand and also to explain about your business brand versus your personal brand and why you need to have both in today's competitive world. Now, as usual, all the links, the examples and the information that we mention in the conversation will be on the show notes pages, which I will give you at the end of the show. Stephanie has a couple of fantastic free guides that I'll also link to, but you need to wait to the end of the show to get all the details for these. Okay, so let's get on with it. Okay, so welcome to the show, Stephanie Mitchell.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me on here, Adam. It's it's a real
0: pleasure. It is a pleasure to have you. Um, now, I originally heard about Stephanie, I think it was through reading one of your articles um, uh, a year or so ago. I'm afraid I can't really remember which one it was now because I've read so many of them. Um, but I do remember, I do remember it really stood out to me. It was it was fantastic. And then I can't remember whether I reached out to you just to sort of comment on it and say it was great, or, or we ended up chatting on Facebook or something like that. But I think we've been mutually commenting on each other's work ever since
1: then. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, we both work in the beauty industry and our goals are both to help salon owners with their businesses. So I know that we have a lot in common and definitely, I think we both admire each other's work from afar and then comment on it from time to time too.
0: <laughs> but today, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant to have you. It's wonderful to be talking to you on Thank the show and, and sharing your expertise with and your personality with listeners to the show Thank as well you, yes. so just at the start of the episode there i gave mm-hmm. a little bit of a teaser introduction about you stephanie but just so we're all on the right page could you give us a little bit of background into you into your work in the past and how you've come to be working now with salons and beauty professionals
1: yeah that's a great question so um just to give a little bit of background about myself i'm a canadian i live in ottawa ontario And um, I professionally always worked in marketing. So in university, um, I studied communications and business. So I was always really intrigued with especially like advertising and kind of like the human side of business. So like the psychology of it, love the show Mad Men, like for example, about the advertising industry. Um, so that was something that I was always like fascinated by. I remember when I was a kid, I used to like write commercials that I thought that I was going to send to like Coca-Cola, just like fun ideas. So that just shows you that my passion has always kind of been marketing. Um, when I finished, you know, and oh yeah. And there's another thing about me is that, um, I've lived in like different places. So, um, I lived in Missouri in the U S my parents were missionaries in Senegal, um, I lived in China I taught English there uh, so I and then I just moved back from Italy actually so like from a young age I've always kind of enjoyed traveling and you know learning about different cultures and that kind of thing so I don't know if that's super relevant to me working in marketing now but I think that I really enjoy meeting new people who are like even different from me so I think that always helps um, so yeah I I studied marketing. I worked in marketing, um, in Ottawa as the director of marketing for a couple of different startups, uh, totally unrelated to the beauty industry. Um, they were like tech, uh, apps, that kind of thing. And then a few years ago I quit my job as the marketing director for a startup to move to Italy. And, uh, that's where my partner was living. He's Italian. And, uh, I, once I moved to Italy, I actually started my own company um, in the fitness industry. So it was helping uh, fitness professionals and gyms to do to sell more products, like to sell fitness products and that kind of thing. Um, I stopped, that was my first adventure into having my own company, you know, having my own employees, dealing with finances. It was a huge learning experience. Um, it didn't end up working out the way that I wanted to, and I wasn't as passionate about it as I as I should have been maybe to keep it going, even when times were hard. Um, And then a year and a half ago, I just decided to take my love of marketing and helping people and turn it into my full-time business. Um, So, you know, for my whole, Ever since I graduated university, whenever one of my friends like was starting a new business or doing something online, they would always ask me for advice about how to promote themselves, either through Facebook, how to make a website, you know, how to do PR, whatever it was. I always had people asking me, you know, how I could help. And so a year and a half ago, I decided to do that full time um, to devote myself to helping business professionals with their marketing. Um, And I decided to focus on the beauty industry specifically because um, I had friends who had salons and I knew that it was one of those businesses that, well, I personally have experience with also, you know, because I'm a woman and growing up in that kind of context of being familiar with the beauty industry, but also, um, you know, I see that it's that kind of industry where it it was traditionally very offline. So like brick and mortars, people coming in, uh, people coming out, getting their hair done, getting their nails done, but so much more important now, well, no, sorry, not more important, but it's becoming more and more important is the online side of marketing. So how people find out about your salon, how you promote yourself online, what your brand is online. Um, so, and I saw that there was kind of like a gap there. So people know it's important, but they don't necessarily know how to promote their business online. So that's that's kind of where my um, inspiration came from. And I'm really passionate about helping salon owners to learn, either learn how to do marketing or helping them to do it for them. So I do, as we talked about, I do blog posts, um, I have webinars, I have an online course about branding, um, but in addition to that, we also do done for you marketing services.
0: Awesome, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, sorry, that was like a big intro and a big mouthful, but that's kind of like my story and my background and how I got here.
0: Love it. Now, you mentioned there, and I think I already mentioned about your online articles, and I should say there we're we're a little bit kindred spirits on this because I think we both tend to write quite long what I guess are traditionally called blog posts, but kind of long ones that have with a lot more information in there and a bit more kind of thought out and researched and formatted so so I think you call them articles, I too call them articles as well, um just to kind of separate them anyway i read I do genuinely read pretty much all your articles when I see them come out, and I have to admit. I always seem to get article envy just about every single time when I read one of your articles, because not only has it got so much information in there, you know, they're relevant, they're on point, there's valuable stuff in there, but they just look so damn nice. It's really frustrating. I mean, you know, the layout, the images, the number of choices of colors and everything like that, it just makes things so easy to consume. So, you know, really well done on that.
1: Thank you. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I put a lot of time into writing those because I want to make sure that, Anyone who, for example, wants to learn about Instagram hashtags or wants to learn about how to do email marketing, they can read an article and they can get like so much information in one place. For some people, it's a little bit much like some people just scam. But there's a lot of people who just like, you know, devour the whole thing and they feel like they got a lot of information from it.
0: Yeah. And I think but I think that that making it look great and instantly accessible is So important because it's if someone sees your blog post like that or your article like that, it it just it makes it more attractive and makes people want to read. And that's really kind of linking into what we're talking about today. And that is, as you slightly mentioned there, you've you've you know, branding is one of your passions. And not only is it something that you yourself are great at, but you're also an expert on. So that is why I wanted Stephanie on the show today.
1: Oh, that's a great segue into what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> works on that one for a while now. But before we delve into the topic, um, to help put a bit of perspective on this, uh, you kind of mentioned it in, in what you were talking about there before, but why, why is it that you've become so obsessed with, with brand as an element of marketing?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, we're going to go into, I think we'll talk more later about exactly what are all the elements of a brand. But, um, when I talk about branding, I usually talk about kind of two sides of branding. So one would be your visual identity, your visual brand, and the other would be your personal brand. Um, so when it comes to a visual brand, The reason that I've become so obsessed with it is first of all, when I um, launched Sunny Storm Marketing a year and a half ago, I was nobody. Like nobody knew anything about me. Um, You know, there's so many marketing companies online, like there's millions and millions of them that do all different sorts of online marketing. Um, So I knew that I wanted to have a way to kind of make myself stand out. Um, You know, as I've been growing my business, I do that through different ways, like blog posts, videos, that kind of thing. And a lot of that goes into personal branding. But even just starting out, I wanted people to get a good impression of my company before they even knew anything about me. And one of the best ways of doing that is kind of creating a visual identity that expresses your personality and that also makes you unique and stand out. So, um, for example, colors. Uh, I have bright teal and bright pink as my colors. Well, it's not really bright pink. It's more kind of like a raspberry. It's kind of hard to talk about colors. But, um, you know, I chose colors like that that stand out because I saw a lot of businesses in the beauty industry that had like kind of like a white and light pink and kind of like a cream color with lots of like swirly text. And I wanted to steer away from that and have... visual way to represent myself and my personality online whether it was on social media or on my website and it using it consistently helped people identify my business so you know when you see my colors you kind of get familiar with them and familiar with me um but also choosing graphics and visuals that kind of represent my personality which is you know i'm not i'm not just some like bland really like light really kind of person. I think that I have quite, you know, a bold or strong personality and I wanted to have a brand that reflects that. So people kind of that are attracted to, you know, bold and bright things would be the kind of people who would, you know, identify with me personally too.
0: Right. So I think, I think we should probably start right at the beginning because I always like to cover things right from the start and not assume anything. So let's start with the basics. When it comes to a beauty business, What exactly is this thing that we're referring to as brand? Because is it just your logo? Is it the colors you use or is it more than that?
1: It is your brand, your visual identity and your visual brand. It, It starts with your logo. It extends to your color palette, your font palette, and then just kind of visually how you represent yourself, whether that's through photos um, through how, you know, you design your Instagram feed, for example, um, what colors you use on your website, what fonts you use consistently. And of course it does, yes, extend to your logo too. Um, so your brand is essentially the visual way that you represent what's unique about your business um your business personality and your own personality as a person and then you do that in a visual way that helps people consistently identify with you and it kind of shows emotion too like it studies show that different colors and different kinds of designs evoke different emotions um so that's essentially in a nutshell what your visual brand is okay
0: and uh, you know how important is this i mean does does a beauty business need to have a brand these days or is it is it possible that someone could kind of get by without one or is it something that really everyone needs to think about?
1: I think that um, traditionally people just thought, okay, I'm starting a business. I need a logo. And so, you know, they'll go out, they'll pay a bit of money to get a logo. Yeah. And then and then because you feel like you need it for your business cards, you need it for, you know, to display on your storefront. you So it's just one of those things that you need. So people are just like, um, uh, you know, I'm a hair salon. Let's just do a logo with someone with hair and, you know, or like I I do eyelash extensions, put some eyelashes in a logo. It it represents what I do and that's enough. Bada bing, bada boom, and it's done. Um, So that was kind of traditionally, I think what people did, but I think what's happening is that online, like I said, the online part of your business is becoming so much more important. And um, having, like I said, that visual way of representing yourself, and making it consistent, um, representing that on social media, through your email marketing, on your website. Um, It is so crucial for, um, you know, differentiating yourself from other businesses online uh, because, you know, it's no longer, oh, you're walking down the street and you see the salon, so it's the right salon for you because it's near your house. I mean, some people do do that, but nowadays people do so much more research about the salon that they're going to, whether that's, you know, the culture of it, the ethos, what the staff is like, what their visual brand is like too. People are very, very distinguishing in which businesses they select now more than ever. And one of the best ways of kind of representing, like I said, your ethos, your culture, your personality, without people actually going in and and seeing you, one of the best ways of representing all of that is through a visual brand so yes it's extremely important
0: got it so how would you go about creating a brand or even if you've got an existing business clarifying your brand if you're not sure if you've actually got one or you've attempted to have one but you think you've maybe got a bit lost and off track
1: yeah so that's a really good question i think that um you know most people who are listening to this already kind of have a brand And so they probably have a logo and maybe they have a color that they're using regularly. Um, So that's great. And that's a really good place to start from. Um, And so I think that one of the best things that you can do if you feel like you either need to rebrand or you feel like you wanna clarify your brand and really understand if what you're doing is right. um, One of the best things to do is kind of just step back and look at your own personality and your business personality. So that's the first step is kind of identifying what your personality is. So for example, I gave the example before of me and my own personality of being kind of like bold, maybe non-traditional and kind of just there. I'm I'm not trying to just be bland and polite and not, you know, not rock the boat at all. I don't mind being a little bit more, let's say in your face or controversial. I'm, I'm really not a rude person, but just to kind of simplify And so I chose a visual brand that represents that. Now we're all different and usually our own personalities are reflected in our businesses. So they're reflected in the culture that you share among your staff members. They're reflected even in, you know, your services and your pricing um, and what your salon looks like on the inside. So identify what are those personality traits that you have, that your business has Whether that is, um, you know, relaxed luxury, or whether that's kind of like bold in your face, or whether that is very, um, you know, a very feminine and understated personality. So step back, understand what those personality traits are, first of all. And then think about your ideal client and your ideal clientele. Because the worst thing that you could do is really have this really strong. Strongly branded personality, but you're really turning off the people that you want to have as clients. Um, so think about, you know, who are the people that, for me, are my ideal clients? And I'm not just talking about like demographics, like age or gender or um, you know income level. I'm not talking about that only. I'm talking about if it were up to you what would the personality of your ideal client be kind of, do they, do they mesh with you? What, you know, what kind of style do they have? What are their preferences? What are their interests? If it were up to you, who would people be? And so create a brand that attracts those people to you as well. And so it does start with your logo. I obviously can't go <laughs> into how to create a logo from, you know, on a podcast. <laughs> um, but It starts with your logo. It goes into your color palette and also into your font palette. So I do have quite a few blog posts that go into depth of like step by step, how to create a color palette, how to create a font palette. But essentially, the core of it is understand your personality, understand the personality of your target audience and create brand assets. They're called that express and attract.
0: Got it. Yeah absolutely it does and and in fact I was going to ask you there do you have any sort of examples of brands that you think are doing this really really well uh but I think I recall seeing one of your blog posts and you've got uh you've got some great examples on there so I'll link to that in the show notes I can only remember I think Moroccan oil is one of them that you kind of highlight on there
1: yeah Moroccan oil you know they've got like that really nice bright blue color they've got gold so it kind of represents luxury in a way and obviously the gold represents kind of like gold oil but also they love showing like beach scenes they're very like relaxed luxury beachy so the blue there of the ocean it goes perfect and then another example um, that i really really love their branding uh, is tarte cosmetics they have a really huge online following on Instagram. Um, they're a really famous cosmetics brand. And part of their success, I think, has to do with their really strong brand. So they don't just go for the classic cosmetic, like, you know, there's that like red lips and kind of like black and white. They go for something completely different. They go for like rainbows, mermaids, bright purple, bright pink, bright teal. So they've got like, This whole and it extends into like how they send out their emails, so their emails are always like very branded. But it extends into their products too, like even just like their makeup brushes or mermaid's tails, or they've got glitter on them. So they, you know, they understand who their target audience is, who's very attracted to these kind of rainbow bright things, and then they put that into everything they do.
0: Got it. So this brand it really stretches through kind of everything that you do. It's really who you're appealing to. It's about what you're trying to deliver, and it's it becomes everything you do as much as it starts off like say with your colors and your logo it it becomes what you do
1: yeah and so the more that you use it the stronger it becomes too so part of that is just being consistent and i know that a lot of business owners have trouble with consistency because they start out with let's say my color is green and and the reason i choose green is because i'm an organic salon i care about the environment that kind of thing um but then, you know, when they're posting on Instagram or when they're sending out an email, they're like, oh, I think pink would look cute here. Let's just add a little bit of purple. And, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with putting some pink and some green. But the truth is, is that the more consistent you are with your color palette, the stronger it gets. And I know that people always want variety. But if you're consistently using those colors, like I like to give the example of like, Tiffany's, they have that robin's egg blue and everybody associates it with their brand. If in, you know, the 1980s when robin's egg blue was no longer popular, if they had started using some, you know, bright purple color because maybe that was popular in the 80s, they would have diluted their brand so much and they wouldn't have that kind of icon iconic color nowadays. So, it's not about following what's popular. It's about staying true to your brand. And the more that your brand is authentic and is a real reflection of your personality, the easier you'll find it is to stay consistent.
0: Love it. That's a great example, actually, Tiffany. That's a brilliant one. Love that. Now, you've mentioned it a couple of times here, and I've started to see it more. um, uh, People talk about it on Facebook and on other blog posts and things like that. But it's this concept of the personal brand. So we've kind of talked about Business brand so far, and you've mentioned it, but this is where I start to get a little bit confused because it seems to me that the only people who really should be concerned with personal brand or themselves as a brand might be kind of celebrities or actors or politicians or something like that. So, you know, can you clarify for us what what that is and how that kind of fits into the mix?
1: Yeah. So personal brand is something that I'm super passionate about. Um, It does seem to be more obvious for people that their product is themselves. So like you said, like an author, like JK Rowling, she has to be very concerned about her personal brand, Um, or, you know, an athlete, they have to make sure that they're not caught, you know, doing drugs or whatever, because it looks bad for their personal brand. So when we hear that, that's the first thing that we think of. Um, But the truth is, is that every single business professional should be considering their personal brand. So whether you're a salon owner, whether you're just starting out a beauty business and you're doing it from your house, um, you know, whether you're uh, a beauty coach or any, any type of business professional that's in the beauty industry should be considering their personal brand. And so what that is, the way that I like to call your personal brand is what do your clients think of you when they're not in your salon and they're not paying you so and do they think about you at all so that's the best way that i like to explain it is when people are not exchanging money for services and money is out of the equation and you know they're they're sitting in their living room and they think of you as a person not as like a service provider but as a person what do they think of you do they think of um you know, you being as an inspiration as kind of like, um, a trailblazer when it comes to style and fashion, do they look at, do they look to you as an educator in terms of someone that they would look to for advice about, um, skin health or about, um, you know, beauty tips or about, uh, you know, makeup, if, if they're looking for different techniques, so what kind of value, inspiration, advice, education, could you give to your clientele or your ideal clientele, even when they're not sitting in your chair at your salon?
0: Got it. So I, I guess that's actually going to answer my, my next question, which was really going to be, you know, how much do people care about personal brands of, of people that they go to for treatments and, and things like that, when, when really at the end of the day, all they're looking for is a great treatment or a great service? You know, how do they really care about people? uh, people's personal brands, is that a differentiator and and kind of what is the benefit to, to putting that effort in?
1: That's a really good question. So I think that when people do not care about you as a beauty, um, professional, when they don't care, when they don't think about you, when they're out, when they're outside of your salon, when they just look to you as, okay, I pay her and she provides me a service at that point you are becoming a commodity and you don't really have a real differentiator between you and someone down the street that provides a similar service for the same price. Essentially, the real differentiator that you can provide is your personal brand, is your personality, is the value and guidance and kind of inspiration that you can provide to people outside of your services. So the best, some of the I mean we could talk about this later on but some of the best ways to actually show people who you are outside of your services is through doing personal branding online so communicating with people creating a community sharing how you can you know provide them for advice about their skin about the next you know the new fashions or the new styles that are important even about things that are unrelated to beauty so for example if you and your clients are both in the same age group, let's say you're both young mothers, um, even just them being able to identify with you as someone who is a working professional, who is a mother and who struggles with some of the same things as you do, but they look to you in terms of someone that they can identify with and who does provide inspiration about, okay, this is how I balance being a new mother and being a professional. Anything that is important to your target audience and your your clients that you can kind of identify with them, help them with, connect with, and kind of provide that really strong bond, that's really where you can make the difference between you and just, you know, someone down the street who doesn't care about their personal
0: brand. Got it. So so what we're really talking about here is creating loyalty and using yourself as the differentiator between you and the other Ten salons that are, are maybe in your area. So as well as as well as giving a great service, having that differentiator being you, it means that no one can ever copy what you do because it, you, know, you are your own personality. So so that's really the payoff, I guess. It's that loyalty. Got it. Okay. So looking at it from the other side, then what's the flip side? What do you think are going to be the longer term effects if someone's not focusing on their personal brand or not promoting their own personal brand as a salon owner or an esthetician or beauty professional?
1: Oh, well, there's a lot of them. Um, First of all, I think that you're going, if you're not kind of actively promoting your personal brand, like, so say for example, on Instagram, say you are a, um, a solopreneur, let's say you're, you, you do nails and all you post on Instagram are pictures of nails that you've done. And people like seeing that. But the truth is is that once you go to a few different Instagram feeds that are all showing nails, they kind of tend to blur together. I mean, you might as a professional, obviously like zoom in and see like the little details that you do differently from somebody else. But the truth is, is that if you're just showing pictures of nails, you're not developing your personal brand on Instagram. People tend to be less attracted to your posts, to your Instagram feed to the, all that effort that you're putting into your online marketing, people won't be as kind of connected with it. So if you do try to develop your personal brand on Instagram, for example, by sharing more of yourself, by you know sharing videos of you as a professional, talking behind the scenes with your clients, um, giving tips about nail health, or as I said, even something that seems unrelated as like being a working mom, um, you will find that if you're not sharing that kind of thing, you're getting less interaction and engagement on social media. so that's that's one thing. Um, so that's you know when you come to when it comes to all the work that you're putting into promoting yourself online, if you're not sharing your personal brand, you're gonna get less reward for your efforts. And that doesn't just go for Instagram that goes for your website, for your email marketing, everything. Um, in addition to that, I think that, as you were talking about, loyalty is a huge one. So down the road, you know, if you're switching locations, if you are changing something about your career, if you're adding in new services, if you're increasing your pricing, for example, there's so many things that can change about your business. The people who really identify with you as a person will stay loyal to you even with those kind of changes in your business or your career because they're, they're not just loyal to your pricing. They're not just loyal to, oh, she does this service and not that one. They're really loyal to what you do and what you represent. Um, so those are, I mean, there's so many benefits to it, but those are just two of the things that really come to mind.
0: Sorry, Adam here again. I just wanted to interrupt for a minute to tell you about the sponsor for today's show. Well, as a small business owner, you know that sometimes you just need a quick injection of funds for your business. Maybe it's for some much needed training for you or your team. Maybe it's new equipment. Maybe it's a brand overhaul or to purchase some extra stock for the holidays. Well, that's exactly where the Cabbage Card can help cover all your expenses in one nice and easy place. Now, the Cabbage Card is linked to a line of credit, just like a loan, but much easier to organize, of up to $250,000, giving you the flexibility to make purchases with cash, with checks, or wherever credit cards are accepted. Now you can easily apply online and get a quick decision, no lengthy forms to fill in, and then access the amount you need for everything from supplies and stock to bills and even travel expenses. And don't worry either, you are in safe hands because Cabbage has already funded more than $4 billion. They're trusted by over 130,000 businesses and are a rated by the Better Business Bureau. So, get the security of a line of credit with the convenience of a card. Visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business. And because they're good friends of ours, you'll get a $100 gift card simply for qualifying. So, why not do it now? But remember, to get the $100 gift card, you need to go to cabbage with a K. So that's K A B B A G E dot com forward slash beauty business. Credit lines and pricing are subject to periodic review and change. This is not a revolving account. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans. All cabbage business loans are issued by the Celtic Bank, the Utah Chartered Industrial Bank, and member of the FDIC. Okay, back to my conversation with Stephanie. Got it. Okay, so let's get to some practicalities. Putting ourselves in the shoes of certainly some of my listeners and your readers, who I'm guessing are likely already busy looking after existing clients, trying to get new clients, dealing with staff issues, all of these things, and we know everyone's so busy out there. Is anyone going to be out there sort of thinking, oh, no, they're telling us we've got to spend more time doing something? You know, how can people start to develop and expand their personal brand starting today, you know, without taking up loads of time? Do you have any sort of advice, any tips on how people can start to do that?
1: Yeah. So um, first of all, I think that I can dig into kind of like my journey a little bit too, because... That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first started my business, I was honestly kind of scared of putting myself out there. I didn't even realize the importance of having a personal brand, but even if I did realize it, I might not have even done it and exposed myself as a person because I was scared because honestly, I didn't think that people cared much about me. I thought that they just cared about my business and our services and that kind of thing. So I hid behind my logo, I hid behind my blog posts. I hid like, I never showed pictures of myself. I never did videos. Whenever I like sent out an email, for example, I would never would tell about myself personally. I would always say, we at Sunnystorm Marketing. So I, I just, I didn't make it did personal that. because I was, yeah, so, <laughs> and and the reason is, is because I was scared. So I, I was scared that if I shared more of my personal self, I would look like a fool online. Uh, I was scared that people really didn't care. And so I was doing something, you know, I just thought people don't care. I'm not that interesting. Like people don't care about connecting with me. And so I-, I was really trying to hide myself because of a defense mechanism. And so the first thing that I would say, the first step to take is for people to realize that your clients really do care about you as a person. So if you could just take some baby steps to start kind of, sharing more of yourself in your marketing, whether that's just, you know, at the end of your emails, putting a picture of yourself and just saying a little story about what's going on in your life right now. Um, You know, write I instead of we when you post things on Facebook. Um, Start with just like a quick 30-second video that you post to Facebook. doesn't have to be a live video. Um, But, you know, just sharing more about yourself, about, like I said, like behind the scenes of what's going on at your salon. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process because not all of us feel comfortable doing like a one hour live Facebook video. I mean, that's a lot, but just kind of like small baby steps that will, and every time you take one of these steps, you'll feel more confident that people really do want to see you, you'll get positive feedback. And so you'll feel more and more confident to share more of yourself. So that's the first step. And then the second step is to kind of, I know that marketing for a lot of people doesn't come naturally and it feels like a lot of work. The best thing that you can do to make it not feel like work is just make it really kind of natural and authentic and come from yourself. So I, one of my favorite ways of doing personal branding is emails. So sending out regular emails to people, not just with promotions, not just with sales, because everyone knows that when you're really salesy in your emails, people tend to unsubscribe or they just don't pay attention to them. Um, so sending out regular emails at least once a month, you know, updating people about, you know, pictures of what you've done recently, some of your work, but also what's going on in your personal life. Don't try to make it this really stuffy, formal email that you send out because that's going to be hard to write. Just make it really personal, write as if you were writing to a friend and you'll find that the more that you do it, the more you feel comfortable with it. And it doesn't have to be a ton of work. I mean, you can do an email in 10 minutes, send it out to your client list, tell them what's going on, tell them when you've got appointments open, but also share things that aren't necessarily related to work and people will feel like they're getting emails from their friends. So they're more likely to open and interact with it. Um, And then again, another other than email, really great place to promote your personal brand is through social media. So on Instagram and on Facebook, um, when you do, for example, post pictures of your work, talk, you know, share more pictures of you with your clients together, tell the story of your clients, tell, you know, what, how, what you admire about this person, just make even just posting pictures of your work, make it way more personal, share more of yourself in it. And you'll find that people, you know, really, really want to see more of that.
0: I love that. Yeah. And I think Instagram is a really great platform for that, because you are so uh, I don't I don't know how much everyone knows about in videos and things on Instagram. But you're so time limited. You can't do a long video on Instagram. I think the maximum, is it 60 seconds, the maximum you can do?
1: Yeah, it's one minute. Um,
0: yeah. So it's, it's perfect for someone who isn't over, totally confident about going on and doing huge things. So I guess the hard part is coming up with what you're going to talk about. But I actually think if you've got your personal brand and your business brand really thought out, you know who you're going to be talking to. You know what questions they're going to sort of have. So just write a list of the 10 most common questions you get asked by your clients and then answer them in little 30-second spots and just put them out there. That's that's the place that I think anyone should start if they just want to start doing more things like that. And you're absolutely right. There's nothing that stops someone in a feed more than, you know, seeing someone's face, seeing a person there doing a video than just another set of nails that fair enough look amazing, but you know that's the same as a lot of other people are doing. So so yeah, stand out, do little videos like that. so it's a great great way to to do things. So okay, so you've got any other tips?
1: Um, in terms of your personal brand, I would just say again, a lot of it I know comes down to fear, and I think that a lot of you know what sets people back in marketing is fear because they they're afraid of trying something new they're afraid that nobody cares, even if they do try. And they're afraid of looking like an idiot and you know screwing up. The truth is, is that we all feel that way, even as marketing professionals, like even me, I, I still struggle with that. Um, so just kind of recognizing that kind of what you're feeling is normal Trying to humanize your business and making it less about your logo and less, you know, less about hiding behind your business and just more about you shining as a person. And the truth is, is that that, yeah, just to kind of like sum up this whole conversation, that's really what makes one business different from another is really the people behind the business. And so that's the best way for you to connect with people.
0: Love it. That's great. Thank you. I think that's probably a good place to wrap things up for today. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. This has been a lot of fun. And of course, the time like totally flew by.
0: Well, and I've said this before to people. I I know that I know when it's been a good conversation because it feels like it's just been a chat and the time has just flown by. That's when I I, the mark of how I try to sort of measure all of my conversations really on, on the podcast is is that if it's been easy to talk to someone, then it's going to be a great result and people are going to love it. So
1: yeah. Thank you. So can I, much. Before we finish up, can I ask you a question? Of course. Yeah. So what has been kind of your journey with creating your personal brand? And can you give some examples of how you have kind of like been sharing more of yourself and what you're doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I did that. I did exactly the same thing when I, when I started selling business secrets and, and the podcast, I, I think I had that same fear. I wanted to sound bigger than I was, so I said we a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what also I guess confused people was that sometimes I'd be conscious of it and I'd say we, and then at other times I'd say me or I. So that was just confusing from from the start. And then I kind of got over myself and yeah. realized, okay, people aren't daft, they know it's just me, so I'll I'll start saying <laughs> I. So, so straight away that kind of, like you say, humanized it a bit more and it became it became me as much as I had the the brand name, the Salon Business Secrets and, and the Beauty Business Podcast name people realized it was me and I was, I got more comfortable saying me and things. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I just, I just one day decided I'm just going to do some live Facebook lives because I was massively put off by doing it because there's no real way to practice. You know, that, that button, that go live button on your Facebook app, there's no kind of practice mode. It's just as soon as you hit it, you're (laughs) live. So, so I think one day I just was like, just, I'm just going to go on. I'm just going to go on and say hello because I wanted to know what happened when you pressed that button and mm-hmm. I did it. And I think I, I think I probably just went on and went, hi, I've got no value whatsoever to talk to you about today. I just wanted to do a live and see what happens. And sure enough, 20 seconds long and I got like 50 likes on it and loads of people commented on it and everything. So, and I was like, okay, it's not terrifying. It's, it's not the end of the world. And gradually I, I started to do more and more of that. And um, obviously having the podcast, you know, it's, it's my voice is out there in the world and, you know, it's, it is still something I slightly struggle with today. I, I actually, I, I do actually have a team now uh, who help me put everything together. And one of the things they're constantly asking me for is more images of of me to put into the things that we do. And uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a camera shy person, but it is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the the thing that I get to last in terms of, you know, creating things. It's like, oh, okay, I'll get some photos done. So I'm still working on that. So it's definitely a work in progress, but yeah, it is. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone. It's trying things. It's realizing that actually it's not that bad. The worst thing that can happen isn't all that bad and probably won't happen anyway. Um, so yeah, that's that's really been my journey of, of, uh, of it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And like, I feel like everybody who's like made these steps, you know, whether that's doing Facebook lives or just sharing more of yourself in your marketing, we all know what it's like. And so I think that even when it like, even when your videos are super awkward or like really unprofessional people even identify with that. They're like, Oh wow, this is a real person who, you know, gets camera shy or whatever it is. And people identify with that too. It's like, if it's too polished and if it's too perfect, it feels like an infomercial and who really, wants to watch an infomercial, honestly.
0: In fact, on that note, I was just doing some of my my research earlier today, just to to make sure I I knew what I was talking about and and checking out your website. I was on your Facebook page and you have a video on your Facebook page purely of the outtakes of you trying to do a Facebook live.
1: Oh yeah, that was funny. (laughs) I was recording the video for uh, my online course and my friend was helping me. And despite like having this script that I had to stick to I know if you ever try to like do a video with a script it's so hard to memorize which is why sometimes it's better to just not have a script yeah because every 20 seconds I was just like oh my gosh I can't remember <laughs> and I was just being really awkward and that kind of thing but I thought it was funny and I put it up and obviously people like that video a lot more than the actual politics.
0: yeah it's hilarious yeah have a video go completely wrong you'll get so much more engagement on it than the one that you actually wanted to create in the first place yeah
1: exactly
0: (laughs) now on that subject i highly advise anyone who's listening uh or even remotely interested in either learning more or defining their brand or improving their marketing to go and check out stephanie's website and her articles i will put a link to the website address on the show notes page But Stephanie, where can people connect with you in other ways? Where can they find out about more about what you're up to and things like that?
1: Awesome. So yeah, thank you. I would love to uh, connect with anyone who's listening. So uh, my business is Sunnystorm Marketing. You can go on my website at sunnystorm.marketing. And the best thing about my website is that I've got a ton of really in-depth blog posts on there. So whether you want to learn about Instagram hashtags or whether you want to read some more articles about kind of discovering your personality to create your brand or whatever it is. I've got tons of really kind of in-depth guides on there. Uh, I also, if you want to send me an email, my email is stephanie at sunnystorm.marketing and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram if you want to search SunnyStorm Marketing on there.
0: Awesome. So what's next for you? What, what are you working on at the moment? Can you tell us or is it a big, big secret?
1: <laughs> well, I... I'm doing, you know, I've been working on webinars a lot more because I know that people like blog posts, but some, you know, a lot of people get a lot more kind of value from videos. So I have two webinars. Um, one of them is about branding and one of them is about Instagram. So everything from hashtags to creating a visual brand on Instagram to how to engage with people to you know, get more followers, that kind of thing. So on my website, you'll find links to those two webinars. But one thing that is becoming really, really hot and popular that I'm trying to focus more on is uh, paid advertising for salons. So Facebook ads, I used to do Facebook ads management. So I would actually manage people's Facebook ad campaigns. And then I realized that I was managing campaigns, but salon owners weren't really understanding how the ads worked. So now I actually do Facebook ads coaching where um, we go through creating a campaign together. Uh, we, you know, I help you set up the ad and everything like that. But during that coaching session, during those coaching sessions, we, I also show you how Facebook ads work. What are the principles behind, behind a really strong campaign? Um, so Facebook ads coaching is something that's really popular right now. And what I'm going to be doing is creating a webinar to kind of like teach people people in a webinar the basics of a really good strong ad campaign that you can do to get more people into your salon
0: right uh thank you so much for being here today and sharing your time and your expertise Stephanie it's been fabulous
1: yeah it's been a lot of fun
0: so I will uh like I said put everything in the show notes pages all those links that we mentioned uh I'll link to a couple of other articles as well because one of the other things I meant to say earlier on you put so many examples into your um articles as well so I think it it always frustrates me when people when I'm reading a, a, an article or a post or anything and, and they're talking about a subject and I'm like, okay, yeah, but I need, I need to see something to understand what it is that you mean. And you always make sure you put a lot of, you know, explanatory examples in there, which I think is really, really great. So, so I'll put all those links in the, the show notes pages. So go check them out. But for today, thank you again, Stephanie, and I will catch up with you soon.
1: Thanks Adam. It's
0: been great. Talk to you guys later. Bye. There you go. I think you'll agree that's another tick in the box for fantastic guest. Now, I really do recommend you check out Stephanie's website and her articles, and I'll put all the links you need in the show notes pages for this episode, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 37, or by clicking the link in the episode summary on your podcast application if you're listening on your phone that is now Stephanie also has a couple of live trainings available on the topics of creating multi-million dollar visual brand for your salon and also how to rock your brand on Instagram so If you prefer to watch training rather than reading articles, then go and check them out too. Again, I'll put the links to those on the show notes pages. Thank you so much for listening along today. I know how busy you all are and how precious everyone's time is these days. So I really, really do appreciate you taking your time to listen to the show. But choosing this show over and above anything else you can be doing. Now, as I said on last week's episode, lots and lots of other salon and spa owners are struggling with exactly the same challenges that you are. And I'm just so thankful to be able to play my small part in helping you out. So if you've enjoyed or found value in today's episode, can I ask you a quick favor this week? Can I ask you to share the podcast with your networks, with your salon business, Facebook groups, your beauty business networking groups, heck, even just tell your friend who also runs a beauty business down the road about it. Now I'm genuinely on a mission to help as many beauty business owners as I can so tell at least one person about this show this week or tell everyone and let's all grow together. Now remember you can find all the links that we mentioned in the show today at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 37. Now I'm going to be back in a week with the last episode in this season so for now it's goodbye from me.